Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden here for the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up. Brought to you by See, you blew it, Julie. You blew it. You blew it. The show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, and HappyTrees.co. Um, so we're going to be talking later in the show about the whole uh, Devin Archer thing. In case, of course, one of our top relatives calls us, we may have to put him on speakerphone to talk about the weather. That's mm. all it was. That's all it was. Um, and want to let you know, we had initially said George Brockler was going to be on the show Monday. He had live. He texted. He took for texting on Friday um, to debate to debate the Bonneville amendment. But then he texted and said he couldn't do it Monday. But he will be here Wednesday at three. As Wednesday promised. at three, and we're going to invite all the members of the state central committee to join us. Right, all four uh, million of them. No, well, it's not many. So. Well, I'll start off with um, our good friend, and and he's the one actually. Ben, you're to blame for all of this all because, of because you got Chuck <laughs> involved in any even our great friend and neighbor, um, Ben Nicholas from the fighting uh, Adams County. Um, a grout. I mean, Ben's been and you've been involved in this. Want to bring you up to date on. We talked about it a little bit, about a lot, on and off, but coming up on Saturday, the Colorado Republican Party leadership, roughly the 400 members of them, will be voting on a couple of things, and actually they'll be getting a lot of information, but I think some of the votes, I, I don't think it's, it's, and you tell me if you guys think it's out of line to say, could probably determine the future of the Colorado Republican Party in Colorado, if it has a future. Would I'd you say? I'd agree with that. Ben, what do you think? I, I would agree with that as well. I believe that, uh, you know, this is a, a critical time. As you guys know, that uh, finally we of the grassroots uh, side of the Republican Party have just recently uh, taken over leadership uh, with the party. So now we have a friendly that is the chairman. And so we're now moving quickly towards, uh, I shouldn't say quickly, but we are marching towards uh, several things. I guess the shackles that have been placed upon us by the Democrats, uh, because I don't think the prior administration or leadership of the Republican party has been much in favor of trying to uh, opt out. And I think that's what uh, the subject matter is that you're wanting to talk about is. Well, there are two things. So there's going to be, you know, five candidates for vice chair um, and we'll have a debate on that. um, That'll go out to all the, SEC members, um, mm-hmm. and uh, or at least all that want to sign on, um, and so we really, you know, it's it's often that a vice chair doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's sometimes, um, but this time, uh, you know, we've got a whole different deal where the the chairman, the secretary, the treasurer um, are just not figureheads. In the previous administration, to elect those people, but they wouldn't give them any tasks to do. It'd be all taken by the in-house um, establishment pay, paid hack. establishment hacks. Um, and now, in order to avoid that, because we have no, we don't have a lot of money to spend, 
people like Anna Ferguson, people like um, Tom Bjorklund, Tom Bjorklund, and others are really uh, stepping up and putting almost full time into it. Um, I, and and so, I think that's really that that has to do with the grassroots that uh, yes. uh, this came forward because we've all been volunteering our time and effort to find out what went wrong with the right. uh, with the Republican Party over the years. And so now we're discovering a lot of interesting things. None of them are good, uh, in my opinion, anyway, as to what the prior administration was doing. And it's not just uh, KVB's administration. It goes back. Uh, multiple uh, right. chairmen have done well, as long as address, And so here's what I want to talk about to explain folks why we need to opt out of the open primary, as Chuck says, deliberate the Republican Party, and why in order to do that, we need to adopt the Bonneville Amendment. And then I just throw some facts out, because there are going to be people who say, oh, the Democrats don't meddle in, in things, right? This is according to an Axio September 2022. The Democrats, and this was their word, meddled in 13 Republican primaries, six of which they won, spent $53 million boosting candidates that they were using to meddle to make sure that their candidate one. Um, OpenSecrets.org says they spent roughly $44 million in California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Maryland. The Washington Post in October of 22 said one of the biggest political stories, and they use the word meddling again, is Democrat meddling in GOP primaries and it's working. And one of the primary ways they meddle in it, is through the open primary system. We eliminate virtually all of the Democrat meddling in Colorado if we get rid of the open primary, right? That's right. Because uh, if we opt out, you know, so opting out uh, of this process means that we will then take on that responsibility. We, the Republican Party, would take on the responsibility of counting our own uh, ballots that are cast for the various uh uh, candidates. So the state, you know, will not be involved in that. We will simply uh, announce to the state as to who the winner is. And so it uh, eliminates the any uh, meddling from the Democrats. Well, and not only that, it, it says you have to be a Republican to vote in a Republican primary. So it eliminates them putting up fake candidates or pushing candidates who would otherwise lose in the general election. Right. Uh, I mean, and again, the Democrats you know, they've been doing this for a long time, but we saw in 2022, it was a specific, and they don't even hide it, right? I mean, the Washington yeah. Post is reporting it, Axios is reporting it. And so in order to do the opt-out, then you need to, the this, the the members need to vote yes on the Bonneville Amendment, because in trying to hamstring us, as you say, shackle us, what the Democrats have done is put an impossibly unconstitutionally high standard for Republicans to vote to opt out, right? Yes. Yeah, you, you have to remember you know, a little bit about the history as to how we got here. This whole thing, uh, the propositions uh, 107 and 108, uh, it was all financed by uh, many of the Democrats. There were, right. I think, 60 percent of the uh, contributions going to the that was uh, by five people. And they had the the proponents for 107, 108 had raised approximately five point three million, where those of us that were against that proposition had about raised seventy five thousand yeah. dollars. So that lets you know where you know. And, the and money it'd be interesting to look back if you could of who were those five people. Yeah. Uh, Kent theory. Uh, Kent theory. Kent theory. Uh, we know. Yeah, Kent theory was the primary 
uh, donor. I think he was like, like 2.3 million or something like right. that. And so that when you, to, to get back to this, this key thing, this Saturday when we'll be voting here, we'll be voting on whether or not the Bonniewell Amendment, which really limits uh, our voting uh, process to only the opt out, which will the opt out votes, which will be taking place this come uh, coming September. Right. So that is it. It is only that one. It is specific to that one vote, and it's whether or not to opt out. And there's nothing in the regulations that I've read anyway that that indicate that uh, those individuals that choose not to attend or even send a proxy uh, needs to be counted as a negative. And that's how the prior administration has been doing it. They have been voting or just saying, well, many times, I, I think it was 2017, uh, when I uh, seconded a motion that we sue the state on this issue uh, on constitutional grounds, uh, it was at that time they started counting those that were not a, in attendance as a negative vote. And so that's there's no precedence for that. Right. We, we the Bonniewell Amendment simply reverses that process. And now if you don't show, you'll be counted as an affirmative vote for the opting out. And so our establishment friends of our party are just about going apoplectic about uh, Yes, that's yeah. unconstitutional. You'd be sued. I mean, it's just been funny. I mean, funny, but not funny, because, again, they're fighting to keep the party shackled. shackled. And, right. and and basically bowing down to the Democrats because they all continue to make right. money and they're fine under Democrat rule. The fact that the country is being destroyed, the fact that the state is being destroyed, they don't care about that because they're yeah. all happy. And that the stuff that they're saying, and I mean, it's hard to, and they, you know, they've launched all out attacks in the various media um, and Facebooks. And so we wanted to get on here and talk about the, the truth. Um, and so the truth of it is, as you said, this is not the, the opt out, which like you said, we'll be voting on later. It's not mm -hmm. like it's some unheard of, un it's the way we did things up until 2016, right? right. Where you had right. to be Republican to vote in the Republican primary. And if right. you want to vote in the Republican primary, all you have to do, and it takes about 30 seconds, is sign up and register to be a Republican. Mm -hmm. And you can vote. You're not prelim prohibiting anyone from voting in this. And the way you guys are going to do it, and that's a whole other show, but anyone who is a Republican who wants to vote will be able to vote. And as you said, their votes will be counted not by Dominion voting machines, not by Jenna Griswold over at the Secretary of State, but in a fair and transparent. Uh, yes. It'll be a hand count. And right. it will be by precinct that you'll be voting. All of these things that uh, we've mapped out as to how we're not excluding anyone. That was never the intent from the very beginning uh, yeah. years ago as to, you know, the opt out plan. It was right. always to allow any registered Republican to have that opportunity of voting. Right. And so that there's a lot of uh, lies that are being floated out there and mis misleading things. Things like we're going to be sued if we if we reverse this. That I don't know who would bring that suit. Dick you would have to have, no, you, yeah, you would have to be a Republican in order to. And, and even in that, it would be a stretch to right. think that that this would be harmful. It here it boils down to this very simple thing: if you want to help the Democrats, then you will vote no on the mm -hmm. Bonnewell Amendment. Mm -hmm. And if you want to help Republicans, you will vote yes. On, right. on the uh, Bonniewell Amendment. And right. there's a couple of benefits to this, because if we opt out and we take this on to ourselves to count our own votes, 
this also applies to the presidential primary. So no, the the uh, the Democrats will not be counting the presidential primaries. It yeah. will be the Republican Party because right. under under Section 12, it says that it will be conducted in a normal way as we will right now. So this is normal for us. We opt out. We bring this inside. And it's the other thing it does, and people need to understand, there's sort of two paths which are connected and they mm-hmm. both need each other. There was mm-hmm. also, and you guys are both involved in and on the committees working on the ongoing lawsuit challenge. Well, you want, you can explain that, but we, well, they, let ben, okay. ben explain. so there's a lawsuit, but also then Ben, if you could explain, we found out in the previous lawsuit, the reason the judge said that there wasn't standing is because the previous establishment leadership very deceivingly basically yes. refused to get involved and in, at least sign on. And the judge said, well, then they don't have standing. So they need to, the, the party leadership needs to vote in favor of the opt-out. Not only does that help them opt out, but it also helps the lawsuit to, to make this go away. So we don't have to keep doing it. Right. That's correct. You know, we, the former chair, KBB, Christy Burton Brown uh, is claiming to be a constitutional attorney. And yet we were filing our suit to parable uh, was the entity uh, on constitutional grounds. So she and uh, our former uh, counselor uh, with uh, Chris Murray. With Brownstein. uh, Yeah, Brownstein. I believe, okay, this is my belief, that uh, they were essentially not in favor of opting out or even filing the suit. So that was one of the things that they were hiding behind was that saying, well, we have not heard back from the FEC on our request uh, as to, it was an advisory opinion request that they- We're all set to go because we've set up the account and we're all- Right. And and so you have a Harvard trained attorney that is an expert in election, uh, election law. And yet- he sends off a letter through the U.S. Postal Service requesting this this advisory opinion. He says, and, I mean, there's no evidence that he actually ever sent it, right? He just well, sent that, himself an email. That's that right. That, all we have right now is just one document that says that it was mailed through the U.S. Postal Service. And so there was never any reply. And you would think that somebody of his training and expertise would know that the FEC normally will respond immediately with some sort of a case number applied to it and asking you to refer everything that you have uh, in exchange with him to that case number. And he did not. He never did anything like that. He did not for a year and a half. So you'd think. It was 14 months. 14 months passed. The secondary attempt that that he says uh, did was two days prior to the election of the new the new chairman, in which he then sent that request electronically. So the electronic uh, was responded to by the FEC almost within just days. Yes. And so they they acknowledged the receipt of the request. They assigned a case number to it. And then it was within 30 or 60 days, I think, uh, that we did get a reply from them and said, you have a green light. There's no problem here in setting all this thing up. So, but in the meantime, in between time, the lawsuit had gotten thrown out because that's right. Didn't because have a party. She, that's the bank right. account because, closed because no money was in it. And before right. anything was taken, it was two days before the election in which Dave Williams was one of the favorites to win. 
Yeah. That, that's exactly right. And that's, I think they saw the writing on the wall. And then immediately you had the entire staff uh, of the uh, Republican Party quit. Right. You know, so, After so, they paid themselves bonuses. But. And yes, they, they, there was $45,000 in bonuses that 40, were issued. 40, yeah. So those, those bonuses were issued to people who perhaps ran one of the worst results in years. I think ever, ever. since statehood. Ever. Yeah, so, yeah, statehood. And and I'm I'm not sure how I mean it just it's the shades of two thousand and eight of the banking you know, banking industry when it went all belly up and then once they got their government bailout, they all wrote themselves large bonuses. So, and so exactly and, yeah. and and if we actually and if you want go to glendalecherrycreek.com. Ash mm-hmm. F did a great column in the newspaper. Yeah. We had her on and she kind of outlines that. Well, so, so again, so folks understand the bottom line here is that there's going to be a vote in September on opting out of the primary. We need to That's do right. that to take control of our primary. We need to do that to help the lawsuits that are going forward. Before that can happen, there is this Saturday uh, a vote on the so-called Bonniewell Amendment, which basically evens the playing field so that the people who don't show up, so that you can't have a super minority control the outcome simply by not showing up. A few percentage. Right. That's, yeah. that's right. And, and it's, so... It's, yeah, so we're you, we're suffering under the tyranny of the minority. Is right. what's happening here? Not a small minority, but a massive, you know, very small minority. Right. Yeah. It only yeah. would take a few, and so all it does is, and they can send proxies, right? They know they have to send it, so no one's gonna. So all it is, if they know they can't be there or they don't want to be there, they can just send a proxy right. that says no. And I think people will say, well, what about if there's a blizzard on the western slope? I'm like. I mean, you could say, what if, what if an alien spaceship comes down and kidnaps Chuck? I mean, Renak, does he get to send a proxy in then too? Should he be counted as a no vote? I mean, it's just ridiculous. At a certain point, you got to realize anybody, and, and Dave Williams actually said, I will hand over the gavel and I will, I'm offering my support of the Bonneville Amendment because he said, as you said, if you want to unshackle the party, and if you want to put the primary liberated and put it back in the hands of the Republican of Republicans, then you need mm-hmm. to vote yes on the Bonneville Amendment. If you mm-hmm. want to keep the establishment hacks and the Democrats in charge, then vote no. It's pretty simple. That's all right. there is to it. And um, the, you got to remember the Democrats are the one who actually uh, uh, wrote the verbiage of 107 and 108. Yes. So it was not it was not uh, a. Uh, it, it was not something that the Republican Party from the grassroots anyway had anything to do with. They were simply sold this uh, bill of goods. You had $75,000 against $5.3 million. And you got to uh, ask yourself, why were they spending that kind of money? What the heck is, I mean, in Ken theory, that's just a start. But I'm going to read some of the comments. First from Charlene, is that longtime staff member that's a total establishment still there? No. It's all new staff members, and I'm not sure who exactly you're referring Dan to. Berger. Oh, yeah. Tragically, I think she now works for Lauren Bobert, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Note to Lauren. Um, and then from Charlene. Oh, so the rhinos approved the Secretary of State not being involved in counting Republican primary ballot process. You'd think they'd want Griswold out of the mix. No. Oh, no. And then they say, exactly, Ben, vote yes to help. Um, vote yes to help the Republicans. Um, yeah. Pete Griswold and the SOS out of the election. And then Leo is saying, did Chris Murray use a forever stamp on the mail? <laughs> and then Charlene is like, unfreaking believable that Ben has the receipts. And I think even more receipts are going to be revealed by Dave Williams and and Anna Ferguson and Tom Berklin, um at the Saturday meeting. But 
the uh, establishment people are trying to muddy all of this. And, And again, if we don't get control of our primary back, we're going to be flooded again with with fake Democrat candidates. We're going to be flooded with candidates like Joe O'Day, who says he, you know, doesn't like Trump, doesn't like Trump, won't commit to voting with the Republican caucus. I mean, so you even if you have a Republican. Want to be a, a mansion, <laughs> want to be like yeah, a Democrat. Yeah, Mitt Romney, I, I wish that I could just say I, I'm just positive as can be that we're going to win this thing as far as the grassroots and that we're going to be able to pass a Bonnewell Amendment. Uh, it requires uh, 60 percent or two thirds, rather, of our membership to uh, pass and uh, amend the uh, uh, our our new bylaws. So that proposed this is in there. I think it's an excellent proposal. And I think that uh, it's worthy of being passed. But I'm I'm certain that it's going to be fought and fought hard by our establishment that are not looking for the well-being of the Republican Party. Well, and again, and so just it's going to be a battle. It only applies, this would only apply in this, only on the opt-out vote. It doesn't apply to all of the other votes and all of the measures. And that's because it's the only vote, the opt-out vote is the only one where the Democrats and the establishment hacks unconstitutionally shackle the Republican Party by putting this unconstitutional mandate that they have to reach this unreachable percentage of the vote. So it's only for this. Yeah, you have to remember that, you know, if we prevail in the uh, court with our our, uh, lawsuit that we're preparing here, then um, this this then will be held moot uh, as far as this this, uh, bylaw change because we will be out of it. However, you know, we have to do this exercise every two years. It's not, if anything, I'd like to see a bylaw change that says we simply do this one vote one time. So we extract ourselves forever. Right. And so that's the next Bonnie yeah. Bob. Well, you're right, because it is, one of the things, Chuck, that you've done that's so great, and you too, Ben, is you're like, why are we doing what they say we have to do? Who says it has to be this way, right? And it's that's like right. the Democrats tell us, I guess, oh, I guess we have to go along. And, and obviously you're like, no, we don't. And yeah. the instant you stand up and say, wait a minute, we don't have to do that that way. They they yeah. start slamming See, you down and, and all kinds of that is one of our strong points as being Republicans. Most of us are law abiding and we are uh, principled people. And that is also our Achilles heel and the Democrats know it. So whenever they pass through a law and you have to remember that the, at the time this, the Republicans controlled none of the uh, houses, nor the, the governor's office, nor does it control the uh, judicial branch. The Democrats control everything. So when they push something through like this, and then those of us that have a nature of saying, okay, well, it's law, we have to, we have to follow it. We need to understand that we need to fight this, that it wasn't our idea, that we did not put this forward. And this is a way to extract ourselves from this. Exactly. And so the Bonniewell Amendment is an excellent amendment. Well, and this is, I'm glad that Julie, you thought of it. I know. That's like, I know. Chuck is getting all the credit. <laughs> so from Dr. Donna, this helps make it easier to tag those part of this, those who are part of the establishment. And then Charlene says, sounds like the old guard, maybe even unbeknownst to them, is doing the bidding of the Democrats by keeping the Republican Party shackled. Well, Charlene, it's even more complicated than that. Go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. The Democrats spent 53 
million dollars. And that's just what's in OpenSecrets.org. Who knows about the other dark money meddling in Republican primaries, including in Colorado. So when you're a Democrat and you want to spend $53 million, let's say you're Catherine Murdoch, um, who did this in Colorado, wants to spend millions of dollars meddling in the Republican primary, who do you hire? You don't hire Democrat consultants. No, you hire Republican consultants and you hire Republican companies to do it. So I don't know if they didn't realize it was going on, but the- Oh, they knew. Well, yeah, how could if I can figure yeah. it out, they can figure it out. But they were making money. And they want to keep making money because they totally get the Democrats are like, well, hey, we spent $53 million and we we successfully meddled in six out of 13 races. Maybe if we up the ante, we can meddle in even more races and have more of an impact. And all the Republican establishment consultants are going, whoopee, you know, I mean, that's that's just money in their pocket. That's the only reason they want this. And as you said to me, they don't care about the Republican Party. They care about their bank account. And God bless them. I care about my bank account too, but don't try to fool us and trick us that somehow we're going to be sued or this is unconstitutional or whoever heard. Well, did did they, did they say, Hey, you know, this 75% of the entire membership uh, and it has to be done every two years. Is that unconstitutional? They go, Oh no, we better not do it because the court might find it unconstitutional. They said, fine. Yeah. Go ahead. So that's that's the sad thing about it is that we had supposedly a constitutional attorney as our chairman. Yeah. And she could not recognize that this was in a constitutional grounds that we're challenging on. And she chose not to, you know, to step in or even write an amicus brief in support of this. Right. Well, and again, and let's go back to, to just going over the receipts. Worse than that, they weaselly pretended uh, with Chris Murray from Brownstein, pretended like they were seeking advice before they could do it from the FEC, but mm-hmm. then never actually sought that advice. It until was a, a ruse. Couple of, yes, it was, it was a, a ruse. ruse. And, and Chris Murray was to represent the Republican Party, the Republican Party, all of us that are members of the Republican Party. I don't think that he actually gave, well, at least it's my belief, I don't think that he gave good counsel uh, to, because he only, uh, seems like he counseled only with uh, Christy Burton Brown. Right. So, but, I exactly. Mean, and if he's, he's an attorney with Brownson, you'd think that if he actually had sincerely sent um, a letter to the FEC, number one, I'm sure as a lawyer, he knows you do electronic filings. You don't like, yeah. send, you know, yeah. to who? attention election guy, you know, at the FEC. It's like, what the mm-hmm. heck is that? And even even if he did that, let's say you'd think after one month, two months, 13 months. Well, if he filed a complaint in court and, and, and you know, you're. Your clerk brought it down and filed it, and then three months later, you've heard nothing from the court. You go, wait mm-hmm. a minute, I, you know, yeah. better, no, yeah. fourteen months later, it's just, it's just, yeah. It, yeah. You would, you would expect, expect somebody of his caliber to say, you know, have I received a, a case number yet? Have I received right. any, uh, re, you know, any acknowledgement that I, that my uh, question has been received? Right. You know, no. this guy is not, you know. It's just too far fetched for me to believe that somebody of his caliber is saying, oh, no, you know, this is standard operating procedures for the FEC never to get back to anybody. Unless they wanted to do have the result that indeed was the result, wait long enough 
right? And till the lawsuit is thrown out. So now it's moot, right? And then they try to cover their tails um, at the reorganization meeting by saying, oh, we just sent him a letter. We finally sent him a second letter. And then am I right? Didn't he send like another billion dollar bill after Christy Burton Brown was gone to the Republican Party? Saying, oh yeah, you owe me a million more dollars. Uh, I, think you, you, it, it, I think it was about $40,000. And it was, it was because of what happened in El Paso. Again, this was the establishment side of our party trying to, uh, uh, I guess, quell any uprising that was coming out of El Paso, you know, right. because El Paso is one of the the largest uh, county with uh, Republicans in it. And so there was a rebellion that took place down there uh, when the grassroots took over. And so now that they decided to sue El Paso, they lost that case. And then we inherited the debt from that. And it was almost like. You know, this was going to be you know, ridiculous. Well, they won. Lawsuit. They won the case, but then the 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 people good voters decided to put in the elected the right people anyway. Yeah. So, and here's there's some more some more comments because these are just great comments. You know, the Dems. This is from Charlene. The Dems mm-hmm. spend money on Rhino consultants to keep Republican grassroots in line. People sell out so easily. Absolutely. And then Dr. Donna talking about KBB. She went around the state removing officers from redistricting before uh, time to do so is but for the bylaws. Um, and then Leo says, Constitutional Ground sounds like a good name for a conservative coffee company. That's right. <laughs> and everybody says, good, Leo. And then from Charlene, I knew it was a ruse when KBB said she would file suit. She threw the grassroots a deferred bone. Um, and then there was nothing we can do about it. And they don't like it now that you guys and the grassroots people of the party are, are trying to, to do something or trying to actually. We're, we're uncovering all. Yeah, we're picking at all the scabs and they're all bleeding. And yes. and now what we're finding out is some really bad stuff that went on. And so I'm hoping that uh, we finally get to the bottom as to where all this money went. The FEC filings that we were doing, uh, I think that the finance committee is uncovering a lot of that. So right. as we move forward here, maybe, just maybe, we're going to get our party back and expose who these individuals are. And there's going to be a lot of people with egg on their face. And that's what's coming out. It's kind of like Hunter's laptop. Right. We we finally got it. And we're starting to find out there's a lot of rotten stuff that went on here. Right. All right. Well, anything else before we let Ben go? Well, tell us where the lawsuit's standing at this point, Ben. Well, the lawsuit, uh, I think, is is well on its way. We're we're close to uh, signing off on an engagement letter. Uh, with uh, uh, John Eastman and Randy Corcoran's uh, group. And I think the filing, hopefully the, the complaint will be filed here fairly soon. I think there's just a couple of things that we have to do uh, just to, I guess, uh, move that. The, the engagement letter is, is important because that has to be signed off by Dave. Hopefully that and, and so off. it's a promissory note from you, me, and Brenda, Brenda <laughs> yeah. Scott to help it all move along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the three of us, I think, uh, wanted to see this move. And so the financial obligations that the three of us uh, agreed to uh, will help move that along. And uh, that was our intent. Well, and I think there are, there are other people, I think, and we'll let you guys, everybody listening, know more about this, too. But I think there are other fundraising efforts going on as well. There is. Um, yes, there yes. Is. yes. And I and think I they're think, doing Yeah. And those of you that are out or listening to this, you know, if you 
if you really want to help the Republican Party right now, it would be helpful if you would donate whatever you can afford uh, for this effort. And I know that uh, there are some, uh, I think, some uh, contribution envelopes that would be passed out at the uh, meeting, the SEC meeting. But even if you're a registered Republican, you can help, uh, you know, 10, 20 bucks, whatever it may be. Let's call Republican headquarters and ask them which how yeah. to it. Exactly. And and they'll they'll point you right to the one. uh, Charlene says, yes, I will donate to which fund. And Charlene, we'll get that. Is it the Claremont Institute? Well, they're two different funds. Um, If you're looking for a tax break, it's the Claremont. If you're looking to, uh, you know, most of us don't, only the very rich uh, itemize their charitable deductions. But um, then you can, if you don't, if you're not in that very rich one, then you can just give it to the Republican Party. They have a special account that has. To there is. There's before. a special account to set up for this purpose. And it is that money is earmarked for this purpose and this purpose only. The money will not be diverted for use in any other way. No campaigns, none and of Charlene, that, because we would be pushing up against campaign finance laws if we right. did. And Charlene, and we'll figure out. If, so if she were to go to the Colorado Republican headquarters, Colorado GOP dot org, mm-hmm. um, and that's the home site. And is there some place on the home site that there is that are the director to that or that I don't know. Charlene, we'll that, find that out. We'll find yeah. that out for you. Yeah. We'll find that out. I, I think, and I know we had Dave on the show talking about it, but I forgot what he said. I think that there might be a dedicated thing there on the site. But anyway, but we'll find out for sure and we'll report back to you on Wednesday. I'm making yeah. All right, Ben, thank you. I mean, everybody here says thank you. Ben, you've been working on this and, you know, God bless you and and Chuck and Peg Cage and and Anil and and Joe and all of you guys for just not getting discouraged and saying, okay, you know, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And, you know, the people want it. So if it was if it was not the right thing to do, we would have given up a long time ago. Right. But if you believe in our Constitution and you believe, as I do, that we have constitutional rights that were violated here and and we did not have a party leadership, not just KVB, but Ken Buck and others right. uh, that were not willing to defend our constitutional right. That's what's disappointing. That's why I think many people have left our party. Yes. I just I just happened to be one of those the moniker that you got that Chuck gave me fighting Ben, I guess, <laughs> is is appropriate. I'm just not going to lay down and let people do that, you know, without a fight. Right. And so what we've done, I think, is righteous. I, I think, think it's the right thing and necessary. And the guys, we'll be keeping keeping you posted on this. And obviously, next Monday, we'll let you know. How but also goes. watch out. We're going to have uh, George, George Brockler versus moi. With, with the, uh, yeah. I'll moderate. He'll moderate and and dump yeah. on me all the time. No. Um, are you? And, are you uh, is this red flag broccler that we're talking red, about? Red <laughs> um, yeah, and, this uh, is a this is another individual to, in my opinion, that is willing to surrender other people's constitutional rights. Well, he's willing to bait me, so good he's in my good. world. <laughs> he's yeah, still standing yeah. up for the First Amendment. All and right. okay. uh, we also we also having uh, we're moderating. Um, the five candidates, vice chair candidates, vice chair oh, candidates. Good, good. Um, and how do you, how do they get to that? You know, that I don't know it, it, because that's just for the, well, anyone can listen. It's not going to be, it's not Is private. it going to be on this channel? 
No, it's okay. going to be in a special Zoom link sent up by the Republican Party. And okay. I think anyone can access it. Um, and we'll figure, I, actually, to be honest, I don't know what it is yet. There's still, t- Dave Dave Williams was like, so do you guys want to set that all up? I'm like, uh, Dave, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you were lucky I can get my computer turned on. So Wes Eimer, I think, is going to be in charge. You do not want me and Chuck pushing buttons and, and on pretty much That's anything. True. Yeah, even to TV remote controls. So we will have all of that information and the website for the donations on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday. You'll love yeah. this debate. Yeah, let me know when, 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 and where I can listen to that because I'd be interested in that. I know that you know the vice chair has an important role here. Yes, yes. Uh, and so that would be yes. I, I'm interested in that. I want to see where they stand on these issues that we've been talking about. Right, that's important. Exactly, Ben. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate all you hey, do. You guys have a good one. All you right, too. you too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, so, okay, so we'll have, I'm making myself notes all over um, to find out all of that stuff. But George Brockler will be here on Wednesday at 3 yes. o'clock on the Chuck and Julie show. Um, so I want to talk about something else. And I don't know if you guys have been following um, sort of the developments. And I'm wondering, During the day. <laughs> yeah, during the day, but even over the weekend. So Devin Archer, who was one of Hunter Biden's um, closest business partners. Best- Business friend, he called him. BFF with the Barisma stuff. I think they were involved. He was involved in some of the Chinese deals. Yeah. Um, involved in some of all kinds of things. And today we learned there were some French people. We got the the bazillionaire wife of the mayor of Moscow. All of these deals, and he testified today. Basically, it was closed, but stuff obviously is coming out um, about the Joe Biden being on roughly 20, either 20 dinners or phone calls. We'll get to how the Democrats are spinning it. But so he was scheduled or and did indeed testify on Monday. He was found convicted of some kind of fraudulent. Uh, he was sent to a year and a day to, in prison, which is not much, which is not much for some kind of fraud involving Indian trust, which it may have been just one of those usual, which Hunter Biden was also invited. In yeah, but, but, but yeah, invite. of course not. Anyway. Well, but, but it is important. I mean, you know, the, the uh, Justice Department is so crooked. So if they got him convicted, you know what the reason is. Got even more convicted. So he's on appeal, right? So typically when people ha- are, at, when it, it's under appeal, uh, particularly in a case like this, I mean, if you're like a serial killer, they might keep you in jail yeah, while you appeal it. But in a case like this, when he's out on bond anyway, um, he, he's out on bond until the appeal is decided. And at that point, then if it's found, if the, whatever, that he has, all of his appellate options run out, then he turns himself in to the Bureau of Prisons and then they send him to prison, right? Um, so this has been going on and on. So coincidentally, on the Saturday before he's supposed to testify before the House Oversight Committee, the Department of Justice sends him a letter saying- No, sent the judge a letter. Sent the judge a letter. That's right. Cross-copy to him. Cross-copy to him saying, hey, we think you should order this guy to turn himself in and surrender so we can put him in prison yeah. pending the outcome of the appeal. Right. It's like, what now? I mean, ta- they're not even hiding it, right? That's like the mafia showing up and saying, we know where your family lives, right? right? right it's yeah. like, they're saying, oh, by the way, we think you need to go to jail, like, right now. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, then they actually said, oh, we didn't actually oh, need no, right no, we weren't trying to do our illegal stuff. Um, Comer, who, who heads the House Oversight Committee, was on Maria Bartiromo talking about just what, a, I mean, it's not even a disguised uh, you know, um, obstruction of justice. Right, I mean, they're right. interfering with the congressional right. committee. If we could please play Thomas, the DOJ letter soundbite. Investigation, but first, let me get to this breaking news. I have in my hand a letter from the Department of Justice that was sent to the Southern District of New York on Saturday. 
by the way, Devin Archer is testifying on Monday. Do you ever see, do you usually see the DOJ send letters like this out on a Saturday? Never, never. This is the first time I've ever heard of the Department of Justice doing anything on a Saturday. So what is this letter? Can you walk us through it? Uh, the government is uh, apprising the court of the status of Devin Archer's appeal of his judgment of conviction, and they request that the court set a surrender date for the defendant to report to a facility. Uh, please walk us through what this right. letter says. Yeah, the letter from the Department of Justice is uh, trying to nudge the judge to go ahead and uh, sentence Devin Archer. Uh, for uh, something unrelated to what we're going to be talking to him about tomorrow. Uh, it's odd that it was issued on a Saturday, and it's odd that it's right before he's scheduled to come in to uh, have an opportunity to speak in front of the House Oversight Committee and tell the American people the truth about what really went on with Burisma. So, you know, I don't know if this is a coincidence, Maria, or if this is another example of the weaponization of the Department of Justice, but I can tell you this. The lengths to which the Biden legal team has gone to try to intimidate our witnesses, to coordinate with the Department of Justice, and to certainly coordinate with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee to encourage people not to cooperate with our investigation, to encourage banks not to turn over bank records, to encourage Treasury not to let us have access to those suspicious activity reports. It's very troubling, and I believe that uh, you know, this is uh, another violation of the law. This is obstruction of justice. But nevertheless, we're going to continue. And indeed, they, I mean, it's, they're not even hiding it anymore, right? Well, then they, they, they sent a second letter. Oh, 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 no, you know, you couldn't put him in jail. Monday anyway, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so then, so uh, Archer, to his credit, did go and testify today. Right. There's stuff out there, but it's- He didn't really say he got to pose today. Yes, exactly. And and so he talked about at least 20 times when Joe Biden was either on the phone or present in person. Keep in mind, this is when, give me notes here. This is, so Joe Biden, in August of 2019, I have never discussed with my son anything having to do with his business. September of 2019, I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. October 2019, right before the election, I don't discuss business with my son, right? Now, the Democrats sort of changed that recently and said, well, he wasn't in business with this. Son, right he may have mentioned that. yeah yeah so today that this evidence uh, from devin archer's deposition came out that said at least 20 times um hunter biden either put his dad on the phone or he was there in in present at dinners where they were talking about business with barisma remember and then the whole corrupt where biden said you know if you want your billion dollars you better get rid of that prosecutor and poof the prosecutor disappears in ukraine um all of these times and this is theoretically, or at least arguably, something that will link Joe Biden to act. I mean, we know Hunter Biden's got all kinds of questionable things that, that, I mean, I think the answer is obvious, but the questions the Democrats have been saying is, well, there's nothing pointing to any kind of involvement by Joe Biden. Well, this is, this points to invite by Joe Biden, but no, no, the Democrats have moved the goalpost again that Representative Goldman, who's a Democrat, came out and said, oh, no, remember how in that, that podcast that just coincidentally went up over the weekend where Joe Biden says, oh, he talks and call my kids and my grandkids constantly. All the and texting them, calling them. Hey, hey. This was this was just Joe texting, yeah. calling. Hey, how's the, how's the, whatever you're doing, doing? Yeah, yeah. If we could please play the phony defense soundbite. 
The poor little maintenance guy. I mean, they're despicable. They just, they're despicable. The Trump has pointed out, Trump just flat out says it's not true. Um, And he said, we gave them nine months of surveillance video. Why would I, you know what I mean? Nine months worth of surveillance video. And never forget, or never mind the whole thing that he had every right to have those documents and do whatever he wanted to with them in the first place. Never mind that. But they gave but, but, but Hillary Clinton deleting all email. Perfectly that's, understandable. Yeah, that's fine. Now, and, you know, the thing is, you got to ask yourself anymore. I mean, we know they lied on FISA court warrants. We know they lied about the Trump, the whole investigation. Does anyone for a second think that Jack Smith would not lie mm-hmm. on this additional indictment and said, oh, we have surveillance tapes? Because it's it's the media narrative, right? All this stuff is coming up about Hunter. So now they're trying to imply that they have evidence of, of President Trump having this conversation with the maintenance guy. And then the maintenance guy sneaking, like Nixon. Yeah, yeah. sneaking into- Cut that part of the tape. Right, Sneaking into this, this like, I don't know what, little closet and taking out a tape and looking around and then erasing it. It's like, I mean, that's what they want people to think. Um, and to forget about, you know, Devin Archer and the phone call. So, um, yeah, it is unbelievable. So crook, so Although, keep in mind, I think Julie Kelly is right. She's writing about it again today. She said they are going to indict yes, Jack they are. Smith. They're going to indict Trump on sedition. Yes, they will. And they're going to put him in jail. Yes, they will. They're going to put him in jail like they did all the other January 6th things. So that's, yeah. while it's kind of, funny sometimes looking at that it's it's not funny no, at all no. and now i'm going to throw out just as we have to show up one more weird conspiracy theory okay i covered a lot of crime scenes and crime scene reports there is something about this obama chef drowning paddleboarding um in eight feet of water that just doesn't make sense i mean did you see obama's hands that's my conspiracy theory so obama playing golf Uh, has a black eye and his fingers are all taped up uh, and stuff is left off the police logs like i said i could see the police trying to protect you but i mean i could no they wouldn't in massachusetts yeah yeah. to protect a a prominent family in massachusetts from being a thing i mean and it's not that you know Obama would have had any kind of relationship with this cook, would it? No, no, it, no. It just seems odd to me that I mean, paddle boards. It's they're not like made of wood. They're kind of they're lightweight, right? Uh-huh. So you're out there paddle boarding, and then they try to see he couldn't swim. We all know he could swim. We have t- tapes of him swimming. He suddenly he falls off of it. And then he drowns. Yeah. And then the other person who can see all this, I mean, it takes a little while. A little while, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not 12 seconds. Instantaneous. So how is it that he drowned? Now, maybe he fell off and hit his head on a rock, but that's weird. You know what I mean? You don't. So I'm just saying that's my conspiracy theory of the day. And just for the record, think of all the conspiracy theories that have come true. So there's something hinky about that, I say. Uh, do we have let's see oh yeah and they found in leo and they found a ted kennedy autobiography <laughs> book book there too all right hey everybody that'll do it for us today thank you to ben and everybody on zoom we love having you there and remember wednesday be there or be square george brockler versus years truly on a no holds barred debate debate we'll see y'all then everybody have a great day